This is Telehealth Unmuted, a podcast developed by Heartland Telehealth Resource Center. HTRC is one of 14 federally designated telehealth resource centers in the country, serving the states of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. We know there's a huge need for up-to-date telehealth-related information, from billing and reimbursement to psychology and online therapy. So we're bringing subject matter experts and their insights right to you. I'm your host, Kara Lawler, Director of Health Communication Research Center, and this is Telehealth Unmuted. Hello, everyone. Today on the show, I have a very special guest, Dr. Rajan. She holds a doctorate in human biology from Phillips University in Marburg, Germany. She's the founder and CEO of Habit New, a scalable technology platform for bringing evidence-based disease management programs to the public. Dr. Rajan studied obesity and type 2 diabetes at Yale and the University of Chicago for 12 years. During her research career, she had closely observed the personal struggles of individuals managing diabetes. Dr. Rajan is a subject matter expert in type 2 diabetes and a passionate social entrepreneur. Habit New is fully recognized by the CDC based on its outcomes. Habit New is also a first-of-its-kind CDC-recognized umbrella organization for organizations delivering the CDC-recognized diabetes prevention program. We are so excited to have Dr. Rajan here today. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me here, Karen. Absolutely. And happy National Diabetes Awareness Month exciting stuff here. Um, And we are really excited to have you in honor of this month because you have done such unique work in this field. And we're ready to jump right in and share with our audience what that looks like. So starting off, I am really curious about your background and how you even got into this field, into your current position. So can you tell me a little bit about your career journey, kind of starting with um, undergrad and kind of progressing to what your position is like at this present moment? Well, I'm always, I was always intrigued by science as a child, so I pursued science and biology through my undergrad and um, master's was in microbiology and then a PhD in human biology. I wanted to know more and more about how the body works, more about physiology as well. So um, how I chose diabetes as my research project is very personal. Diabetes runs in my family as somebody of South Asian origin, it's in our genes. However, diabetes is a completely manageable condition through small lifestyle changes. So I knew that because first time I was 26 years old, attending a conference in Boston. Um, Actually, it was an American Diabetes Association conference and a pharmaceutical company was doing HbA1c test for free. I thought, oh, why not? Let me just go and test it. I was 26, remember, and I was only 127 pounds. And here I was, I was pre-diabetic. I couldn't even believe it was, my A1C was 5.9. And then I asked him again, did you mix up my sample with someone else's? It was me. I knew that 
I have the genes as well. So it's very personal and I continued studying diabetes since then. It's a personal journey for me. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I've noticed that, you know, with a lot of different organizations in public health, people go into this field because of a personal journey. They go into this field because of a personal, you know, implication or goal that they have for their life, for their career that, um, yeah, is special. And so it's, it's really exciting to me to see that. And fast, you know, kind of jumping into the present, I know you're the founder and CEO of Habit New. So can you tell our audience what is Habit New? How would you describe this program to somebody who doesn't have any background in it? Yeah, so there are several lifestyle-related conditions that finally um, results in chronic diseases, right? Type 2 diabetes is the perfect example. Small lifestyle changes can lead to preventing or delaying these chronic conditions. So Habit New, as the name implies, is a program that nudges you to develop healthy habits. That's where we started from because developing, stacking these healthy habits one over other, you can conquer these diseases. Type two diabetes is a perfect example. Changing the way you eat, adding a little bit more exercise into your routine and coping with stress is all you need to get diabetes under control. You can prevent type two diabetes. You can, if you have it already, you can manage it from becoming a chronic disease that you have to deal with in your, for the entire life. So Habit New started with that purpose that um, how can we nudge people to develop healthy habits for their entire life? Oh, and it, Habit New, New Habits, nice. Habit is New Habits, that's how we started. And we obviously started with the diabetes prevention program because diabetes prevention program is a study that was funded by the NIH in 2002 to develop healthy habits to prevent the onset of type two diabetes. So it is not for people who are who have already have diabetes, but people who are pre-diabetic means those who are at risk for developing type two diabetes. So um, as per the CDC guidelines, if you are HbA1c, that is a glycated hemoglobin, levels are between 5.7 and 6.4, you are at risk for developing type two diabetes. What the diabetes prevention program study did was to prove that small lifestyle changes and losing 5% of your weight is enough to reduce your risk of developing type 2 diabetes by 58%. The catch is you really have to keep these habits throughout your life. So losing 5% weight, very easy. I can fast. I can go into intermittent fasting. I can go into keto diet, lose that five pounds, then gain it all back again. That doesn't help. So you have to change your lifestyle. That is what diabetes prevention program is. And that's the first program Habit New decided to undertake because that also aligns very well with our mission. 
This makes so much sense. And it does make sense that you have to have consistency in order to keep those health outcomes consistent throughout your life and they won't come without effort. So, you know, in the scope of the Habit New program, what do those healthy habits look like, right? What, what, what I guess are the teachings of the program and what are kind of those standard healthy habits that you encourage your participants to adhere to? Yeah, so we follow the CDC developed curriculum, which is based on intense behavioral counseling. So basically you choose your goals and you have a health coach who's going to help you achieve those goals. Uh, CDC gives guidelines in uh, 22 sessions what you need to do. These sessions really follow healthy eating habits. What, is, what does it mean to eat healthy? Do you, does that mean just eating only protein and no carbs? No, healthy eating is a balanced eating habit. Then um, tracking your exercise, which is very important. 150 minutes of moderate intense activity is all you need to keep your body fit. So how do you, if you don't track, you don't get the, you don't know whether you exercise 150 minutes a week or not. So we provide tools for our participants to track their food intake and exercise. The, the third component is healthy coping, right? You have to cope with your real life situations. That's where the behavioral counseling part comes. So uh, we teach our participants to cope with their life situations, stress, sleep better, all that comes under healthy coping. But these are the three major components of the diabetes prevention program, healthy eating, track your exercise and healthy coping. Yeah. Is there a specific um, practice that you notice that participants have more trouble with than others? Of course. You know, we have seen that most of our participants do well with the tracking exercise. People, you know, they put on their Fitbit and then they walk. That's not hard, but food is always hard. As we are approaching the holidays, you know, the pressure to eat unhealthy is all around us. Saying no to it is hard. So healthy coping always comes back to saying no to food. Food is also comfort. So that we found is very difficult, but people get it. It takes only 21 days to develop a habit. Feels like 21 days isn't that much time, but... It's also three weeks. <laughs> it feels very long once you start practicing it. Oh, I'm sure it would feel very long. So um, zooming out a little bit, is Habit New currently being implemented both in person and online? Yeah, so Habit New, like I said, Habit New has different programs. And I, we started with the Diabetes Prevention Program. We also do Diabetes Self-Management Education Programs. We do blood pressure monitoring programs. So our focus is mostly on focusing on diabetes, preventing or delaying um, the onset of type 2 diabetes and also managing hypertension. So these are the two major areas we have. Diabetes, as far as the diabetes prevention program is concerned, um, it was originally designed as in-person. 
we provide in-person and online programs. When the COVID hit, the in-person programs took a back seat and we have been mainly providing all of our programs online. Wow. Okay. So, you know, this is a telehealth podcast. So naturally I have a soft spot for the virtual care component because it falls within the realm of telehealth. And so I'm curious, what was that experience for you um, when COVID hit and you had to you know, switch this program to online? What did that timeline look like from like, you know, the pandemic starting to now. Yeah, so having you always started as an online program because that's the only place we can scale the reach of our efforts. So, for example, since 2018, Habit New has served close to 25,000 participants. You can imagine how, how the scalability can be achieved in person. But we did run some in-person programs. In-person programs also have its place. It, it shouldn't be discounted. So especially for our Medicare members, you know, they have retired, they live in some, sometimes in assisted care facilities. They cherish the in-person programs because that was also a social event for them to support each other. When COVID hit, all those in-person programs have to be moved online which was difficult at the beginning, but it also became very convenient for people. Our attendance rates showed up. The second component was that um, we, the participants got more and more tech savvy, and then they started to reap the benefits of a telehealth-based delivery. So if from our end, what we did was we simulated the feeling of an in-person program in our online delivery. Like we have a peer support forum where everybody can come in, they can interact with each other just like inside a class. And we devised our tele telehealth tools in a way that it's almost like an in-person program. So we were pretty successful in simulating that level of interaction. And actually what happened was our outcomes even increased. And I, like I said, the attendance showed up because you know, we are in Chicago, you know how it is in winters. So people, you know, people have trouble getting to the class and here they are, they were always there. As you kind of go into this new year, what, I, what, what did you learn as you know, the leader of this organization from the implementation of the online format? What was, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from having the virtual program? Yeah, so telehealth comes with all flavors, right? Um, so personalizing the experience is really, really important. And that requires a lot of thinking. Um, we had to make sure that our experience is seamless because if you have to go to 10 different screens, then you're not actually delivering the program, you are doing more like a technical support um, component of delivering the program. So what we did was we made it a seamless experience. For example, we have a calendar inside the Habit New app or the web portal. All participants have to do was to click on that calendar 
um, and they will be taken to our own telehealth portal, which we call Habit New Connect. We made it all a very seamless experience. Also the peer support forum you're talking about, we house it within our Habit New app or the Habit New portal. Um, the third component was again, to ensure that all this is very private. You know how Zoom had all these issues with Zoom bombing. So we wanted to make sure that we, um, we are very secure, we are HIPAA compliant. That's the reason we built our own telehealth portal. That way we can ensure the privacy for all our participants and it is HIPAA compliant. So there were many, many steps we have to undertake as an organization so that our experience is seamless um, and we are HIPAA compliant and sick. Yeah, definitely. So why do you think telehealth matters in the world of diabetes prevention, in the world of your subject matter expertise? Telehealth matters a lot. I'll just give you a quick example of one of our participants and you can tell me how important telehealth is. So we had a participant in rural Colorado, they have a ranch, she has horses, and the nearest house, the neighbor's house is two miles away. So she is, they have a lot of land, and that this participant is a senior, and uh, she was diagnosed with prediabetes. She had nowhere to go. So she joined Habit New through her insurance, which is a Blue Cross plan. She was overweight, and um, she lost 15% of her body weight over the course of eight or nine months. That, that was in 2018. The, the community, the peer support community we built was really, really important for her. It was beyond the diabetes prevention program goals because that gave her the friendship and the support she was missing living in this rural Colorado area. So, she got enormous benefit from the diabetes prevention program, not only to lose weight and achieve the outcomes, but also get to know the world she is not part of. So from a mental health standpoint, that was also very important. She wouldn't have ever, she wouldn't have been able to participate in DPP had it been in person. So there is a value for telehealth, Access is the word here. Telehealth increases access and we cannot discount it. To this extent, I have to say that Medicare Diabetes Prevention Program still is in person once the COVID PHE is lifted. And I am really, really sad about it because by preventing the telehealth option to this MDPP, we are also denying this benefit to a lot of people like Brenda. Access is 100% one of the biggest benefits of telehealth, telemedicine that I hear time and time again from people who have been on the podcast and just people I've met out in the field. And I think it will continue to become more relevant as time goes on um, because you know, after experiencing the pandemic of the past year, or two years almost, um, we've learned that things can be done online. Things can be done in a virtual capacity. And I think there's an openness 
to virtual care that didn't exist before because it was necessary and in, in some cases it was the only option at a time where care was was needed for our communities. So it's very interesting to see how perspectives have shifted in the wake of the pandemic. Don't get me wrong, in-person programs always have this place, but a combination of in-person and telehealth would be a sweet spot here. What do you think people in the Habit New program appreciate the most about it being virtual? Well, it is the flexibility part, right? Um, it is easy. It's flexible. You know, they are able to join the classes and communicate with their peer support group at any time. They like the flexibility part, I think, most. And people are busy, right? A lot of Habit New um, participants are working mothers, so they really appreciate the help they get in the quickest way. Hinging off of what you just said, what is the, what's like the general demographic that you see in the Habit New program? Is it primarily women, um, mothers? I guess if you are able to give a breakdown. Correct. If this is true for National Diabetes Prevention Program in general, 70 to 80% of our participants are women. I don't know why, but these kind of programs do attract women. Here, we are not putting, challenging them. We are basically helping them build new habits. And, and also, maybe women are more stressed at home, juggling with family and work. That could be the reason. Either way, they do really well in the program. Most of the, the demographic age group is 35 and above. I am... Um... I'm curious to know, so with you being in charge, with you being the CEO and the founder of Habit New, what have you learned in this journey of being in leadership and, and starting this organization? What, I, what, what have you learned and how have you grown as a result of it? Oh, I have grown a lot. Every day is a learning experience. I worked a lot in understanding um, minor components of diabetes, all understanding how diabetes happens, what kind of cells go crazy in diabetes. I knew all the science of it, but coming out of it and do, translating my research into real use is um, huge experience in my entire academic journey. Um, uh, we have a peer support forum for all the alumni and also the participants who are in their maintenance phase of uh, the diabetes prevention program. We call them we call it Habit New Connect. I get up every morning and read what our participants say and that's, a, that's enough to keep me going. Running a company is very, very hard. You know, we have got to make sure that everybody gets paid. We are happy that we didn't have to really um, get rid of any employee during the COVID. We were able to manage it. What keeps us all going is just watching our participants achieve their goals and how our program transformed their lives. 
Is there an antidote? I'm sure there's so many in your experience, but do you have a favorite success story of a participant that you've witnessed who has gone through this program? Oh, there are so many. It's really, really hard to pick one. Um, I I can't tell this is my favorite, but always um, the participant I said 2018, um, that's when we started delivering habit new program for at a larger scale after our pilot and getting the CDC recognition 2018 January we started working with more the like um, employer groups and it was also funded by Blue Cross Blue Shield so that's when we started expanding and the story I shared like um, um, Brenda who lives in rural Colorado and she is still part of our community we can't even push these people away, they, are, they won't go. Once they see the success of this program, they want to be part of the community. So there are several, several stories since then. And um, yeah, it all keeps us going. So in honor of National Diabetes Awareness Month, is Habit New participating in any events? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, COVID has changed a lot of things. Normally, we'll be part of the several events conducted by the American Diabetes Association and JDRF and other organizations. Everything is on Zoom right now. So, yeah, we are in a different world, but I hope that we can eliminate Diabetes Day in the future sometime. It's our moonshot. No more diabetes month, no more diabetes days. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? This has been wonderful. And I'm wondering, you know, as we're wrapping up, is there anything that I haven't asked that you would like to touch on related to your program, your career, telehealth, anything? Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say is um, COVID has, like I said, COVID has really changed our attitude towards telehealth. Everything we do can be delivered in some way, some form or the other using telehealth. And I, I'm hoping that more and more payers like Medicare and Medicaid organizations approve a telehealth-based delivery of these kind of non-invasive programs. And I'm hoping that um, employer groups and more and more commercial private payers realize the value of the diabetes prevention program. Currently, it's limited to a few grant-funded programs, but I do believe in the value of this program, that everybody gets enormous benefit by joining this program, just not for losing weight, but also improving their attitude towards life and developing healthy habits for life. This has been fantastic. And I will link Habit News website in the social postings for this episode. So please look for a link in the description. Thank you so much for taking the time today to come on this show. And we are excited for what's ahead for this program and excited in general that it is National Diabetes Prevention Month. This has been Telehealth Unmuted. Be sure to share this episode and subscribe to hear future interviews with leading experts in the field. This podcast was made possible by the Heartland Telehealth Resource Center through grant number U1UTH 
425-4230 from the Office for the Advancement of Telehealth, Health Resources, and Services Administration and Department of Health and Human Services.